Hey guys, welcome to another episode of True Crime on Easy Street. I am a mediocre journalist named Scott Wright. And I am not a doctor, and my name is Kelly Turner. And I'm Katie Gibbons, and I am not a lawyer. So the three of us are going to try to parse apart today a really crazy story. Kelly, you were just telling us before we turned on the microphones, this one's a little bit nuts, so you just want to jump right in and tell us about Marie Hilly. I'll be happy to. All right. This story, uh, um, the more that I read, the more that I researched, I listened to some podcasts on it. Uh, this story is like a roller coaster ride. So are you ready? I'm just ready. buckle up. I'm strapped in. Up. Here we go. We're just going to jump right in this week. Okay. Audrey Marie Frazier was born on June the 4th, 1933, in the Blue Mountain area of Anniston, Alabama. Anniston, Alabama is exactly a one-hour drive from where we are sitting in our lovely, beautiful center Alabama on Main Street here. And you know that because you drive that. You make that drive. I make that drive. Do you not? Yeah. Quite a few times a week. other job. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. So she was born June the 4th, 1933 in the Blue Mountain area of Anniston, Alabama to Lucille and Huey Frazier. She married Frank Hilly on May the 8th, 1951. The poor bastard. They had two children, Mike and Carol. Despite Hilly's well-paying job, which is Hilly, as I'm going to say, I'm going to call him Frank. Despite Frank's well-paying job and Marie's secretarial employment, the couple had little money set aside in savings because of Marie's excessive spending habits. This is going to lead to friction in the marriage. So I Marie, can see she how liked it would. to spend money. She liked to to look she was dressed to the nines. And Marie, she liked to she liked to look um fancy and uptown. And Anna's okay. sort of a sort of a blue class or a blue collar city at the time and still is really. I mean just cotton mills and uh but they also have, you know, a very nice noble street and all of the all of the nice stores and the department stores. I'm sure there the was a social places. aspect to oh, Anniston yes, at the time. Yeah, if she wanted to spend money, there was a place she could find in, in Anniston to spend it. There was, and she so she liked to look the part, be very fancy, and this was going to lead to friction in their marriage. Now, Frank is unaware of this, but his wife is frequently engaging in sex with her bosses in exchange for money to keep, to keep herself in these fancy clothes, and all this. So Frank is going to start suffering from a mysterious illness, as does his son, Mike. Okay, so the doctors are going to say that Mike's symptoms are the stomach flu. And they're going to stop when Mike moved out of the home to attend seminary. So Miraculous. Mike, Mike has grown up. He's got a mysterious illness. This is going to be around the 70s, 75-ish, okay? okay? So then he's going to move away to attend seminary. I don't know exactly what year he moved away to attend seminary, so don't don't quote me on that the year, but it's in the 70s. Just in the nick of time. Yes, and that stomach flu is going to disappear miraculously. Now, that's Scott snapping his fingers. That's how quickly. That fast. <clears throat> Frank Hilly is still going to be suffering from this mysterious illness. He should so, go to seminary. Mm. In 1975, after returning home early due to his illness, Frank is going to walk in and find Marie in bed with her boss. 
the plot thickens. That's that's going to be a problem for Frank. So he's going to talk a lot to his son, Mike. At this time in 1975, so it's going to be the early 70s when he goes to seminary. By 1975, he's an ordained minister, and this is Mike Hilly, the son. Mm-hmm. He's living in Atlanta, so Frank's going to talk with him. He's going to want advice from his son. He's, he's struggling. He's having a hard time. He wants to keep his marriage together. Um, he keeps getting sick for no reason. Can't figure out what's causing that. And his wife is sleeping with her boss in exchange for money. So this is this is a problem for Frank Hilly. Uh, in May of 1975, after a visit from Mike, uh, Frank is going to go to the doctor, once again complaining of nausea, tenderness in his abdomen. They're going to diagnose him with a viral stomach ache. I'm going to say, you've got a, you've got a virus. You, you know, your stomach. All right. Nauseated. You know, your your stomach's very tender. You've gone to the doctor and they've pushed around on your stomach before. Is that is this tender? You right. Feel, okay. All right. So they're just going to say he has a viral stomach ache. This condition persisted and he was finally admitted to the hospital. When they started doing tests on Frank, uh, they discovered that there was a malfunction of his liver. And they diagnosed him with infectious hepatitis, which is an inflamed liver. Um, Frank Hilly dies on the morning of May 25th uh, in 1975. Well, that took a turn. Yes, from this mysterious from illness. This, from this hepatitis. This na- nausea. Yeah, his liver is basically just shutting down. It's very inflamed. It's, it, and he passes away. They did perform an autopsy with Marie's permission, and that revealed a swelling of the kidneys and lungs, bilateral pneumonia, and inflammation of the stomach. So he's got all kinds of things going on internally. Because the symptoms closely resembled those of hepatitis, that's what they listed as his cause of death, and no further tests were conducted. You see where we're going with this, right, Mm -hmm. listeners? (laughs) We're just getting started. He maintained a moderate life insurance policy. He secretly had um, one taken, one had been taken out secretly by Marie um, at the time of his initial illness. And then she redeemed this policy for $31,000, Wow. to be exact. You did do your research. Okay. So three years later. Marie Hilly is going to take out a $25,000 life insurance policy on her daughter, Carol. Uh, a $25,000 accidental death took effect in August of 1978. And how old was Carol? At the time, I don't know. She's a, a think she's like teenager. Nine, yeah, she's like 17, 18, yeah, 19. She's a teenager. teenager. Yes. Now, this took effect in August of 1978. Now, within a few months of this, Carol is going to start feeling sick. She's going to be having trouble with nausea. She's, she goes to the emergency room several times. A year after filing the insurance policy on her daughter, Marie Hilly is going to give Carol an injection that cl- that she's claiming to her daughter. She's saying, I'm going to give you this injection. This is going to alleviate the nausea. So she injects her daughter with, qu- air quotes here, nausea-alleviating right. medicine. Okay. 
Well, who doesn't trust medicine that their mother gives them? Right. Exactly. Uh, mothers often act as uh, the nurse of the of the home. Yeah, here, drink this. You'll feel medicine, better. Yeah, everything. Right. Yeah, correct. <laughs> and you're a so mom. Course, you would know that. Yeah. So, of course, she's, she's trusting what her mom is telling her. And she's felt so bad for so long. She's welcoming something that's going to stop this. We're talking several trips to the emergency room, okay? Um, once the in, once she is given this injection, her symptoms worsen. Uh, she then starts uh, having numbness in her extremities. After medical tests found nothing, they're finding nothing wrong with her. Mm -hmm. So you know what they tell her? Go on. They tell her that your symptoms are psychosomatic. <sighs> Of course, the no woman's way. crazy. So they're they're telling her that it's all in your mind. And so she had to undergo psychiat psychiatric testing. At the time, it was Birmingham's Caraway Methodist Hospital. And there, Carol secretly received two more injections from her mother. So her mother comes to visit her, and she secretly gives her daughter two more injections. But she warned her, don't tell others about the shots. I'm starting to get a little bit suspicious about this Marie Hilly character. Are you getting, are you? Okay. A little. Well, all right. I'm glad you're not a detective, Scott. I'm paying attention. <laughs> right. A month after Carol was admitted to the hospital, her physician said she was suffering from malnutrition and vitamin deficiencies, adding that he suspected heavy metal poisoning was to blame for her symptoms. So in a panic, Marie is going to have Carol discharged immediately from the hospital because they're starting to say, you know, throw things around like poisoning and, mm -hmm. and they're starting to realize that this is not, um, something that this is not She's psychosomatic. She's not crazy after all. Uh, correct. Somebody correct. is, so, but it's not Carol. Correct. So Marie is going to panic about this and have her discharged from the hospital. The following day though, Carol Healy was admitted to the University of Alabama hospital. Um, and then <clears throat> coincidentally, Marie Hilly is going to be arrested for passing bad checks. They were written to the insurance company that insured Carol's life insurance, causing that policy to lapse. So at the same time, her daughter, are you following me? Yeah. Are you still with me? Yeah. Okay. So her daughter's in the, think. Okay, in the hospital. Okay. Back a minute. And then she's arrested for bad checks. Um, so the university physicians, they are going to concentrate their investigation on the possibility of this heavy metal poisoning, noting that Carol's hands and feet were numb at the time. She had nerve palsy, which is, um, causing a f her foot to drop and she had lost most of her deep tendon reflexes. So she's starting to, she's not starting to lose functioning in her hands and feet at this time. And they're thinking, okay, this, she's, ha she's got some heavy metal poison. We're going to really look into this. So, um, they're also noticing lines on her nails and apparently there's a specific, uh, the Aldrich Meese. Was that, Mies. Did I say Mies? I remember line? Okay. across it. Yeah. Okay. Lines on her nails. And so this is causing, I could see this and not, know what to think about it because i am not a doctor not a doctor i'm not a doctor but some guy was uh, but somebody was this person <laughs> and they're noticing this and so they're doing forensic tests on samples of her hair they sent those off to the alabama department of forensic sciences and this is in october of 1979 october 3rd 
So what they're going to see from these hair samples is they're going to see arsenic levels ranging from over 100 times the normal level close to the scalp, okay, and then to zero times the normal level at the end of her hair. Does that make sense? Yeah, so they get, they get real close started, to I the guess, scalp, right? and they're seeing, you know, all over a hundred times yeah. more than you should have in your system. And then as it goes out long her hair, you know, towards the end of her hair, they're not seeing it. An as astute much. detective might surmise that two months previously she had not had any undue levels of arsenic in her system and suddenly wham, something has changed. And I'm gonna stop snapping my fingers. <laughs> That's the second time today. So they're they're raising more than one eyebrow at this. Okay. So this is going to indicate that Carol had been given increasingly Larger doses of arsenic over a period of four to eight months. Re remember all of those injections that right. were supposed to, quote, alleviate the nausea. Okay. All right. So that same day, guess what they're going to do? They're going to exhume Frank Healy's body. Okay. And they're going to examine him. And they're going to find 10 times okay so they're gonna it's gonna be between 10 right. times and a hundred times the normal level of arsenic in frank's body when they're doing the different tests on him so now they've 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 the plot really they've does buried start to the poor at man this point. they've they've resumed they've exhumed his body they have found the same poison in his system that they've found in the daughter system. And so they're concluding that both Frank and Carol had suffered from chronic arsenic poisoning. Okay. Of course, Frank's was fatal. Right. All right. So at the time, Marie Hilly is still incarcerated for her bad checks. Okay. Uh, she uh, was arrested on October 9th for the attempted murder of her daughter. So, but, but she's still incarcerated, but then they're going to say, you're also arrested for... Yeah. Just added some charges to you're her You're more arrested now. You you're thought you were arrested more. before. Now you're more arrested. Correct. You're Correct. really arrested check now. Check and check. We just added two zeros to your bond. The Aniston police found a vial in her purse, and they tested it. And guess what it was? Uh, arsenic? It was arsenic. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Okay. Two weeks later, Frank Hilly's sister found a jar of rat poison which contained 1.4 to 1.5% arsenic. Um, Wait, where'd she find this at? She found that. Okay, so where she finds this is a, an area of her home that um, Marie had been using. So Marie had kind of gone into her home. I want to say it was the basement. But like don't a storage quite area. Like I've got too much stuff because I have all this money that I'm boxes. spending because I'm yes. sleeping with my boss. I've got extra stuff. I need to store some She's of it in your house. some boxes. And Oops, she finds, forgot and put the arsenic in with my yep, and that is, um that's in Frank's sister's house that she's storing. Well, that's incriminating. Yes. On November the 9th, uh, Marie was released on bail. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, after which she registered at a local motel under an assumed name and she disappeared. So she's bailed. She's Suspicious. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now there was a note left behind indicating that she, quote, might have been kidnapped. End quote. <laughs> She was listed as a fugitive. Guess what? The detective said, mm, I don't think she's been kidnapped. I think she's a fugitive, which is how they um, listed her. So now we go over to, okay, we're, we're, the, 
hold off that we're at the motel okay there there we are she may have been kidnapped okay but they're gonna say no she's a fugitive okay Okay, now we jump over november the 19th marie's aunt's house there is a burglary there okay uh the occupant's car had been stolen so so marie's aunt's um car is stolen as well as some of her clothing and an overnight bag so she's gonna say i've been robbed they stole my car, they stole my cl- some of my clothes, and they stole an overnight bag. And so the police are going to also find a note in the house that says, quote, Do not call police. We will burn you out if you do. We found what we wanted and will not bother you again, end quote. Hmm. Uh, how many people have had an actual note from a burglar say, what a friendly burglar. I mean, it, look, I got what I wanted. Yeah, I'm doing I, you a favor. I Let's found, leave the cops out I, of this. I mean, don't call the police, okay? Right, I'm coming back. I just wanted your car, a few of your clothes, and an overnight bag, okay? <laughs> I mean, I'm just, I only take what I need. Um, <laughs> this is the kind of burglar I P.S. am. P.S. Two beers missing from the fridge. Uh, Thanks. That's if right? Scott's your burglar. Yeah. So you come in your <laughs> home you know. and you find that note, Scott has been in your home. Sorry about that. Um, okay, so on January the 11th in 1980, we're now at the beginning of the 80s, probably the, the greatest decade right. ever, right? Okay, so um, <clears throat> she they're going to say, guess what? Marie Hilly is responsible for her husband's murder. She is, she's on the run. She's a fugitive, but we, she is responsible for it. We've, you know, they've already said um, back previously, that she was responsible for an attempted murder on her daughter, but they are now officially coming out and saying, and by the way, we think she's the one who killed. We're slapping these charges on us. We're going to indict her there. She's actually indicted. She's in serious trouble now. Yeah. Any way you slice it. Right. She has a chart, you know, a murder charge and an attempted murder charge Mm -hmm. as well as, you know, Writing bad checks, let's just throw it all in there. Yeah. Just pile it on. And just uh, pile car it theft, on. let's not forget that. She's, uh, well, well, they allegedly. don't actually, yeah, they don't allegedly actually charge her with any car okay. theft. Okay. Okay. And allegedly stealing some clothes in an overnight bag. Right. Okay. Allegedly. Okay. Uh, investigators found that both her mother and her mother in law, Carrie Healy, had significant but not fatal traces of arsenic in their systems when they died. Well, thank goodness they only came over for Thanksgiving every year. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm assuming the something in the kitchen was the delivery system there. So I have no idea, but mm-hmm. they had uh, they they didn't have fatal doses in their system, but they did have that in their system when they died. The remains of an 11 year old friend of Carol's of her daughter's, okay, um, who had died of an indeterminate cause in 1974, were also exhumed and examined. But they were found to contain only a, quote, normal amount of arsenic. Well, that's a little frightening, that we all have yes. a normal amount of arsenic in our system. And I, she, I guess a small amount doesn't matter. but Right. It's not going to hurt you. Yeah. Um, this child was one of many neighborhood children who had fallen ill after drinking beverages that they had been given during visits to the Hilly household. So they would come over and hang out with Carol, and then they would come home and be sick. Mm. So she's 
putting this in their punch. in their grape I drink. Know. I mean, yeah. Normally, it, grape it, drink orange. recipe is sugar, water, and purple. Exactly. But not at the Hilly Home. But also arsenic. Also arsenic. Got so it. they're they're getting really like, oh my goodness, we've got. This is serious. This is this this is expanding outside of the family. I mean, there's we're we're getting to the point of where you can't even put a motive on this at this point. I mean, not a you, rational motive. No, if you want to put a motive on the husband, I'm not saying it's okay. But the husband and the daughter, you see the life insurance policies, you know, all of those things. But with the neighborhood children who were just coming over to play, yeah, was it just practice to I mean, see if I can get away with this? I have possibly right. could have been. I mean, we're dealing with a criminal mind. Or how much makes how much does how it much take to make much, you sick? Right? Yeah, if if, yeah. if if Sarah calls tomorrow and little Jenny is really sick, then I've put too much in the fruit punch. So, baby, possibly. And so, at one point in time, two officers were dispatched to a disturbance at the Hilly household. I hope they didn't have any lemonade. And um, Marie gave them some coffee oops and uh <laughs> they were this was you know still we were still in the really early 70s that, no, we're still in the early 70s and the know. cops uh were very nauseous and had stomach cramps after drinking marie's coffee um so the police and the fbi have launched a massive manhunt for her and she was a fugitive for a little more than three years um so what was Marie doing during this three years. Look, you think I've told you a story? The crazy part? I'm about to tell you a story. <laughs> is this the dump, dump, dump? This is the part. part where, okay, all right, wherever you are listening. Dramatic music now. Here we go. Okay, so she first traveled to Florida where she met a man named John Homan. It's H O M A N. Would you say Homan? All right. Homan? Like I think so. Human, but with an O. Homan. Homan. The third. He's the third. Okay. She was introducing herself using the name Robbie Hannon. And they lived together for more than a year before they got married on May 29th, 1981. And she took his last name. So now she's Robbie Homan. All right. Robbie with an I. I mean, I don't know if that matters or not. Okay. So uh, the couple then moved to New Hampshire. And she frequently talked about her twin sister, Terry, who supposedly lived in Texas. Okay, Wait, so there's already alert. so many hooks in this fish. Are you spoiler telling me there's alert. about to be another one? There's no twin sister Terry. <laughs> she does not have a twin sister. But she's frequently Robbie, okay, Marie mm-hmm. Healy, who is now Robbie Homan. Okay. Because okay, she's remarried to John Homan. She's frequently talking to him about this so-called twin sister that she has in the state of Texas. And her name is Terry with an I. Okay. Okay. Robbie and Terry. Robbie plausible. and Terry. I mean... Okay. Sure. And he's thinking, okay, sure. So late in the summer of 1982, she leaves New Hampshire and she tells her husband that she's got to attend to some family business and see some doctors about an illness that she's having. So she's talking about that she has some sort of illness and she's got to go take care of some family issues and and I'm also going to see some doctors. So I will I I shall return. 
Don't worry about it. I'll be back in a month. I'll be back. And so good as new. During this time, she goes to Texas and to Florida, and now she's using the alias Terry Martin. Okay, are you with me? Is that the twin sister that does not exist? Terry Martin. Yes, that's the twin sister. Okay. So, during the trip, using the alias Terry Martin, she calls John, who is Robbie's husband. Her Her own husband. husband. Okay. So, she's pretending. She calls him and she says, hello, John. My name is Terry Martin. Um, And she, and I've got some bad news. Uh, Your wife... Robbie has passed away while she was here in Texas, but you don't need to come to Texas. Um, you don't have to do anything like that um, because we have donated the body to medical science. So he, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, face. No. I thought you were giving me a crazy look. So no, let's, no, 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 no. Let's recap, shall Sorry. we, for our yeah, for our couple of listeners? All that, right? <laughs> um, let's recap. So she moved. Marie Hilly moves to Florida, where she assumes the name Robbie Hannon, and then she marries John Homan and becomes Robbie Homan. And then they moved to New Hampshire. In 1982, she leaves New Hampshire, telling him she's going to attend family business and receive some treatment because she's sick. Okay. She goes to Texas and Florida. She calls John during this trip, posing as her non-existent twin sister, Terry Martin, and says, Robbie has passed away in Texas, but you don't have to, you don't have to come here because we've donated her body to science. Okay. So after getting to know Terry over the phone, John is a little bit interested in meeting her. He's like, I, I would like for us to meet and uh, talk about what's happened. Okay? Wow. All right. So she agrees, saying that, you know, you need to put Robbie's death behind you, and we need to put Robbie's death behind us. Okay. And so um, in November of 1983, after changing her hair color and losing some weight, while she's on the trip, she changes her hair, loses some weight. She returns to New Hampshire and meets John posing as Terry Martin. The twin sister that does not exist. The twin sister. So now they have met in November of 1983. Okay. An obituary for Robbie Homan appeared in a New Hampshire newspaper. Okay, but that's going to arouse suspicion when police are unable to verify any of the information contained in it. So John Homan's co-workers are also going to say, something's not right, John. And this, quote, new sister-in-law, okay, that you have, um, this is not, it's just not adding up. Right. So they're talking to John and they're saying, look, so there's Something's not a complete fishy. lapse of common sense where it comes to the suddenly uh, the sudden appearance of this twin sister no one's ever heard yeah, of. They're, they're Some not people start going, it. "Hey, wait a minute." They're not buying. Even it. if John doesn't, somebody right. is. They're not buying it. Okay. They're not buying it. And uh, <clears throat> so a New Hampshire state police detective is surmising that the woman living as Terry Martin was in fact Robbie Homan and staged her death. So the concerned co-workers and Homan's boss also um, 
are discovering that this medical research institute of texas where they supposedly handed her body over to science right. robbie's body right um was non-existent huh. and so they are you know they're they're searching this and they're trying to figure out so they're thinking that this quote terry martin is a fugitive bank robber named carol manning at the time okay there's, a, there's another lady who's on the run who's been robbing banks and and uh wanted on some other things but the, the, the more the bigger thing is robbing the banks that of course that's that's not true because we know who this is right but this they is just, not they're Carol like, Manning, hey there's a suspicious like, woman hey. maybe doing this and here's a suspicious woman that's in our community that we're aware of maybe this is her correct okay correct okay so in the meantime terry has taken a secretarial job. Now, she likes now, those secretarial jobs. Wait a minute. did her twin sister have the same skill set? Her alter ego did, yeah, too, yeah. as well. So, yeah, so she's got, she's a secretarial job, and this is going to be in Brattleboro, Vermont. All right. Okay. So, that's, that's where she is, and um, she's going to be arrested there. And uh, while being interrogated by the Vermont State Troopers, She's just going to come clean. She's going to say, you know what, guys, you got me. And I'm uh, wanted in Alabama on bad checks. And by the way, my name's Audrey Marie That's the You know, I told you guys before we started that I only got to read the first 30 pages of this book about this whole case. And that's where this book started. When they picked her up, they didn't know who she was. They wanted her on some small charge in her community, writing bad checks maybe again or something. Well, they, they, no, 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 it was, obituary didn't make any sense. Right. They couldn't verify any information in that obituary for Robbie. Yes. But it was, they didn't know who she was when they grabbed her. No, and knew she was and who she said she was. Yeah. Right. And John's coworkers, the people who actually care about John, right, are, are not buying any of her story and they're, and they're very suspicious of her, especially when this blonde, slightly, slimmer terry martin shows up Mm -hmm. that's supposedly the twin and they're like this just doesn't make sense so they start looking into it they're looking at the obituaries not making sense um this quote hospital where her body is supposedly been donated to science doesn't even exist in texas well and i I think i read that that she she made this new alter ego made a visit to john's work at one point and without ever having been there before ostensibly instinctively knew where the ladies' room was when she excused herself to go to the bathroom. She did. Dead giveaway. Yes. That was very suspicious. Of, lots of things. Right. Um, like, she knew which door the pins were in. I made that up. But the first part about the bathroom, I did not make up. Mm-hmm. She was quickly convicted and sentenced to life in prison for her husband's murder and 20 years for attempting to kill her daughter. So, very quickly. Katie, you want to share any trial information with us? Well, the trial was uh, pretty quick, but what's interesting is after, because the evidence against her was outstanding. Wow. (laughs) But what was interesting is afterward, the defense requested a new trial. They claimed that, you know, the main basis of the prosecution, all their evidence came from the vials they found of the actual poisoning, which was in her purse and in that container at her ex-sister-in-law's. So the defense claimed uh, that those searches were warrantless and they should have never found that evidence. However, obviously this is rejected 
eight to zero, so it's unanimously rejected because the first vial is found in her purse while she is in police custody. You know, something you bring into the jail is the daisy. Yeah, you they they can search you. Brought, they can brought it into the jail. Yes. Wow. That is where they found it in her purse. They didn't find it in her purse in her home that they didn't have a warrant to search. And then the other vial was found in her sister-in-law's house. She brought that in, so she willingly... So by the sister-in-law? Yes, by the sister-in-law. Okay. She brought a tub of stuff to her sister-in-law's house. They found it in her things. You know, they didn't need a warrant to search that. It was brought in by the sister-in-law. So she literally handed them the evidence with her purse that they used to help convict her. Ex- she, yes, yes she, exactly. Wow. And now she, remember, she, when they get her into custody in Vermont, she doesn't admit to the murder. She no. admits to the bad checks. She does admit okay. that her name is Audrey Marie Hilly and that she is wanted, wanted in Alabama <laughs> for bad checks. For bad checks. That's all she says. So, yeah, she doesn't, she doesn't confess to the murder okay. or the attempted murder. But the, the warrant was outstanding, right? At it that was. Point. And she, yeah, it was. So as soon as she admitted who she was. They knew that everything, they, you know, they call at the Alabama law enforcement and they ask, you know, hey, we've got Audrey Marie Hilly here and she says she's wanted on bad checks. You know, can you tell us anything about her? Oh, yeah, she absolutely yeah. is. And also. Yeah, yeah, don't let her go. Oh, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Well, we want to speak Would with you her. hold her for us? Yeah. <laughs> We're coming. So the interesting thing parts keep adding up because she's in prison and she is a model prisoner you know oh did she find jesus no because that we, we've talked about that previously that that's a, that's a common vein when you're incarcerated for a long yeah, time that's suddenly. not brought up but yeah, okay during this time she's in prison she starts earning several one day passes from prison. Oh no! You heard that correctly. Oh no! You heard that. Correctly. I don't know the the rest of this story, but Katie does, and I can't wait to see how this. Ends so going. you, she just gets to leave for a day, go see her husband, John, Who is still yes. with her. Yes. yes. Can I? I, just, I? I left that out. Is he just it, not it, believing that any of this John is true? Is, is a stand by your woman kind of man. He is. Bless okay. him. Because yeah. after he learns the truth that she has lied to him since the moment they have met. He, he never even married Robbie. No. There no. was no Robbie. There was no <sighs> Terry. No one died. This is Marie Healy from Alabama. And he is wow. sticking by Marie Healy like, hey, nice to meet you. I'm your husband. I feel like when we go back and listen to this later, when we listen to it ourselves, we're going to realize that we said wow way too many times in this. And I'm as guilty as anyone, but Okay, wow. George. I'm serious. That's <laughs> <laughs> an inside joke that y'all don't get. It's okay. Anyway, so, so a one-day pass from prison is also called a furlough. So mm, right. she earns several of these, and she gets to go and spend time with her husband. And then he, he's moved to Aniston now to be he, near her. Exactly. He moves from. <laughs> Are we ever going to get out of Aniston with these stories? I feel like every show has been about Aniston so far. And I'm not complaining, but that was our choice. Go ahead, Katie. Sorry. In February 1987, she earns a three-day pass. So she gets to spend a whole weekend with her husband. And they get a motel room. And she's hanging out with him. And then he leaves to go run some errands. And when he gets back. She is not there. She's left a note saying she's sorry. She's missing for four days. And and I, I give John credit here. John immediately notified the police. Okay. Well, so you know, he did. fool me once. 
shame on me, fool me twice, shame on everybody. Also, I'm, he doesn't want to catch a charge himself <laughs> because. Yeah, he's he an just, accessory at that exactly. point. Exactly. He's, right? not, he's not aiding and abetting anyone. Yeah. No, that, that's where his husband loyalties <laughs> end. Yeah. Yeah, so this story does end tragically for all parties because four days later she is found on somebody's property and there's a woman, you know, just hanging out on their porch and she's been in the basic basically in the wilderness for four days and she dies from exposure to the elements. She does. No way. She dies from exposure so she, in the state of Alabama. Wow. It oh. is February, so I guess well, that is like cold the, as, it is the only cold. month if you could die from exposure. Alabama, it's going to be February, right? Okay. Or exactly. last week if you want to get hit by very winter. You know, the she should have just waited until June, she would have been fine. The uh, the weather in Alabama is very unpredictable. Mm. We've had she might have died from heat stroke in June. No storms in March and I've I have been uh, hot and sweaty many a time trick yeah. or treating on Halloween. 2 weeks so. ago the lake was completely flooded. That's not so strange for the springtime, but uh you know, two days later, it's 40 degrees, and two days later, it's 85 degrees, and we're still in March. So, so apparently, it's April, time, Scott. You've lost a month. It's April, oh, yeah. yeah. Well, that happens sometimes. Of course, this episode will drop in May. So, happy May, everybody. Will it? Yeah, it will. Yeah, happy oh, May wow. Day. Cinco de Mayo. Um, it, yes. Yeah. Should have had, yeah. you know what? We should have had uh, Corona lights while we were recording I, today. I mean, oh. Instead of. Whatever we did or did not have. Or what are we admitting to? On the I admit We're to not admitting to anything that doesn't sponsor us, Scott. Exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah. So uh, she had been crawling, basically crawling around in the woods. And her body is drenched with rain. And um, well, was it, it an the area temperature's that, dropping and she dies of exposure. Was it an area of the... the was she familiar with the area? Did she know where she was? She was, was unfamiliar familiar? with the area. Okay. She didn't know where she, she was going. She, was she had no plan. So wherever this motel she, was was a strange part of town, and she just bolts through the woods with whatever she can hold, and she's trying to find a highway or a ride or a I'm not certain she had stay. anything with her. Okay, or, Yeah, maybe not even that. But four days later, boom, she's dead from the cold, basically. She stumbled on the back porch of a house owned by an Aniston woman who knew her from elementary school. I wonder if that was a coincidence or if she just happened. Maybe we'll never know. But Speculation. Some people say maybe she was trying to seek help from this school friend. But yeah. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. didn't even recognize who she was. Gotcha. So she was, okay. she's looking really bad. Um, and they've not seen each other in years. But mm-hmm. at this time in Aniston, everybody had been talking about Audrey Marie Hilly. Um, so... People were on the lookout to find her, but she yeah. was very, she was just unrecognizable because of how badly she looked. Wow. At the time. See, I did it again, but I mean it. I mean, that's just a, a, a that's just a crazy story. And you told me it was going to be when we started, but I didn't know it was going to be that crazy. There's so many twists and turns in that story. And uh, she did go get transferred to a hospital. She was, um, she underwent emergency treatment for hypothermia but during that time, while she was while she was being transported to the hospital, she had a heart attack and passed away. So, but they did rule it from the elements; it was from mm-hmm. exposure because she was in such bad shape. So that is the case of Audrey Marie Hilly, who is also known as the Black Widow. You can you can Google the Black Widow. There's been books written by her. There was an oxygen special on her. She's been on Lifetime, 
Very movies. popular case just up the road from us. Mm-hmm. And somehow it's managed to elude me for <laughs> low these 40 plus years that I've been alive on this planet. That's all you get. Exactly. So if that case is not crazy enough for you, well, then we will have some more. Yeah, yeah. What's next? Can we tell? No, we're not going to tell. We're not going to tell anybody. We're not even telling you yet, Scott. I know. That's what I was going to say. I don't don't want you telling anybody. (laughs) (laughs) No, but Scott can't keep a secret. (laughs) Right. This case has about as many twists and turns as you can have in a case. Um, I have podcast whiplash right now, but in a good way. (laughs) I'm not complaining. Scott's still learning what a podcast is. Yeah, yeah. Mm I just learned to pronounce it today, and I'll learn to spell it by next week. Oh, good for you. Maybe. You Maybe steps. homework now. Okay. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Katie, will you tell them how to subscribe and all of that social media stuff? Yeah, that we don't understand because we're old and stuff. Absolutely. Y'all don't forget to like, rate, subscribe, leave us a review. You can listen to us wherever you're listening to us right now. We need those five stars so other people can find us. Share us with your friends. Find us on all social media. We update a lot on Instagram, Facebook. Come see a live show down at Easy Street. Ooh, that sounds fun. When is that happening? We'll put it on social media. you got to <laughs> follow us to find out. But, yes, thank you all for listening, and we'll see you all next week. Good night. Bye.